Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. Happy holidays to those who are celebrating right now. I guess it's the holiday season. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, even though you were told to stay at home. And this weekend in the NFL was wild. And I want to dedicate this episode to that story because I had friends who were covering it. I had friends who were talking about it on social media. And it it really, a lot of it didn't make sense to me. Um, First, the cancellation with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens were supposed to take on the unbeaten Steelers on Thanksgiving night. And there's an outbreak on the Baltimore Ravens. And it was weird because I was doing sports updates Friday and we were getting the news and I was doing the updates in Baltimore and it was big. It was, this was a big story for the NFL to give up Thanksgiving night and potentially 20 to 25 million viewers uh, must have been heartbreaking for the NFL and for NBC. But then the story came out on Saturday that drove me bananas. And that was the Denver Broncos. Now I have history. With the Denver Broncos, I'll tell you my history in a, in a little bit. Um, I covered them from 96 to 98, and uh, I covered their first Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl 32. And so, yes, I like the Broncos. I, I, I like all the teams that I've had coverage with, that I've covered. You know, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks, not in that order. And... What happened with them is their quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, tested positive. It was one positive test on the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos, who had been threatened, I guess, in the past because they had not followed protocols, well, in this situation, three players did not follow protocols. They went into this tiny conference room with Jeff Driscoll, and they weren't wearing masks. Or they were wearing masks part-time, and they weren't wearing masks, and it's bad. So they all had to be put in quarantine. Well, that's all the quarterbacks that are on the roster. And with the COVID provisions, they couldn't sign somebody. So you couldn't sign Colin Kaepernick, for example. And that was trending on social media. And I I thought that was a great idea. But, you know, when you think about it, that's impossible. So, okay, that was not able to happen. Then the story gets even worse because I was convinced that the Broncos game would get postponed like the Ravens game had. It's literally like having a hockey team take the ice without a goalie. It's like having a baseball team take the field without a pitcher. This is, it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. And I'm not trying to defend the Broncos here because they should be fined and or suspended. But you stagger suspensions and you let them have a fighter's chance. And if you delay the game... The way the rules are set up in the NFL is they had to be isolated for five days, and if they had a negative test, they could go back on the field. And that's all you needed to know. If you play the game on Tuesday night, and it turns out, you didn't know this, but Tuesday night, the Ravens and Steelers were postponed till Wednesday afternoon. We'll get to that in a second. And you would have had an open night. There's virtually nothing going on in sports on Tuesday night. And you had the opportunity to play that game on a national scale. And you could have, yes, the Saints would have beaten the Broncos. That's not the point. The point is you didn't make a mockery of your schedule. And that's where this went horribly wrong. So we're going to tackle this on a couple of angles. Mike Kliss from KUSA Channel 9 Television, the NBC affiliate in Denver, Uh, He did a great job covering this story. He was an amazing follow on Twitter, and he's going to join us in just a second. We're also going to hear about the gambling aspects of this. Imagine the Denver Broncos coming out without a quarterback, and what is that going to do to the line? And we'll talk to the head odds maker at Bovada Sportsbook, Patrick Morrow, about that. And then we'll size up the entire NFL, and whether or not we'll answer this question. Is the NFL spiraling out of control? I don't think it is, but there is some weird things going on with this league, and it really is compromising the competition. We're going to hear from John Kincaid, who's been on this podcast before. John Kincaid has been on. We've talked about his career and his amazing stories. Uh, He's got some of the best stories. Wow, we had John Kincaid back on episode 195. That's wild. Uh, He's with CBS Sports Radio, and he's going to join us after Patrick, 
and uh, we'll tackle this story from all angles and also the Ravens situation and just the NFL in general. But we'll start it off with a man who I remember as a newspaper reporter. He has now transitioned to the great television, and he's, he does a great job covering the Broncos for Nine News in Denver, Colorado. Mr. Mike Kliss, how are you, first of all? How, how are you? Are you safe? Are you good? I'm safe. I'm feeling all the, you know, the body parts uh, when you're 61 start to break down. Uh, but other than that, you know, the as far as the virus can is concerned, me and my family have, uh, you know, been able to avoid it so far. That's the, that, that's the best news of all. Okay. We, we don't have to rehash the whole story. I, that's mm-hmm. not why I want to have you on. I, I just went through the whole thing. So Jeff Driscoll tests positive and the yeah. Broncos decide to just come clean. And it, what I'm asking is, is Batman doing the interrogations? Because why did they have to come openly and say, well, all the quarterbacks were in the room and, and we were there and I'm so sorry, but we were all there. Like, why did they have to just have this moment to God and just confess everything? Because had there been, had there been a, a, a resulting outbreak uh, and the Broncos didn't report it and they knew it, you know, the, the feeling is once there's a video, it's out there. There's no hiding a video. Everyone can get their hands on a video. And uh, that, you know, you, you try to cover up something like that. As you know, as history knows, the cover-up is worse than the crime. Of course. Of course. Um, now, maybe the Broncos could have not self-reported this. What happened is uh, someone inside their building saw that uh, there were some irregularities as far as the COVID protocols with these guys who, by the way, Tuesday on their off day and Wednesday after practice, and it was mostly Wednesday after practice, they had a voluntary on their own time film, extra film study. All four quarterbacks got in there. They're in this very large room. We used it at Nine News as a studio for a month this year. So I know how large this room is. Okay. Uh, From what I heard, they were socially distanced most of the time. They had their masks on most of the time, but there was too much time when those protocols were not followed. Okay. And the, when the Broncos sent in the uh, film, the, the surveillance to the league, they thought they were going to be cleared. They did not think uh, they were going to get uh, dinged the way they were. The league received the uh, video um, on Friday morning. They did not come to a conclusion until 1245 Saturday afternoon. It was more than 26 hours it took them to look at this video. It was about four hours of video that they had to look at. And so, uh, you know, they decided last minute, the 15 minutes before their final practice, the Broncos had already canceled practice on Friday because of Driscoll and Deontay Spencer. Uh, uh, So this was that this is kind of a uh, makeup practice on Saturday. And right before their makeup practice, they pull the three quarterbacks. They don't think those quarterbacks, they think those quarterbacks are going to be cleared, that it was just a precaution, and they're going to have them on Sunday. Uh, then they found out about 3 o'clock that uh, that's not how it was going to work. They had a uh, quality control coach run practice for them at quarterback, and then at 4 o'clock, they told Kendall Hinton, by the way, you're our starting quarterback tomorrow. Which is And, uh, yeah, I mean, Hinton was a, a – a, you know, played quarterback at Wake Forest the last time in 2018. Uh, he, he was playing pretty good as a freshman, and early in his sophomore year, he ripped up his knee, got a red shirt, wasn't the same, uh, converted to receiver. And what you saw, what we saw yesterday, as far as, you know, he's nowhere near being an NFL caliber uh, performer. So he's back to the practice squad. The team uh, now, if uh, Locke and them pass their COVID test tomorrow, they're back. They're back on the team. That's Locke. That's Rippon. That's Blake Bortles. If they don't, in the meantime, Driscoll comes back Saturday from his positive test. And also, they sign Kyle Shermer, yeah, who I happens to know the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. I saw that. And uh, he's, he could be anywhere from a quarantine quarterback to a practice squad. Just starting Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, 
if these quarterbacks uh, wind up with a positive test tomorrow. Okay, but but I have to clarify why I asked you the question because you know you came into the conversation. Yes, the cover up is always worse, but the argument that should have been made is if you look at the Patriots situation, somebody broke a protocol rule. Yeah. If you look at the Ravens situation, somebody broke a protocol rule. I'm not a- absolving these guys of responsibility. I'm talking about a fine. If you want to suspend them in subsequent weeks, I'm fine with that too. I'm not being an apologist for the Broncos, but to have them play the game makes yeah. a mockery of your very competition when you have been canceling games all over. The Denver Broncos got screwed a month ago when the Patriots had their COVID problem because they had a game canceled and that was their bye week and they lost their bye week. They, they are, that team is not doesn't get a break. They have no break yeah. during the course of the season. They have had countless times where they look like they're being picked on. And if you're going to have you- arbitrary rules, then I yeah. would tell them I would not tell them anything because you know what? They're picking on the Broncos. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of people do think. Um, that's not a, you know, Broncos country is infuriated. Uh, excuse me for that word. They're mad. Uh, the uh, here's, here's what the difference was, Seth. This is the explanation. New England had an outbreak on their team. The Ravens had an outbreak. Tennessee earlier this year against Pittsburgh, uh, had an outbreak. The Broncos did not have an outbreak. They had it contained to one group of players. And the NFL, now I'm just a messenger here, decided if you remove this one group of players, the game can go on uh, uh, in in a safe environment with with very, very minimal risk of transmission. Now, the fact that it was the quarterback room that was removed and the Broncos say, but you can't remove the Broncos. You can't remove the quarterbacks. The league said tough, tough cookies. It's not. They only. Ridiculous. They but only they would say move. tough cookies to the Ravens. The Ravens postponed again. Yeah, they're postponed again because there's risk of transmission. By removing the Broncos quarterbacks, there is no more, no more risk of transmission. That's the difference. They will move for health reasons and safety reasons. They will not move a game for competitive reasons. Their feeling is if you let the Broncos, you make an exception for the Broncos and allow the quarterbacks to play, then what about if there's uh, three starting offensive linemen uh, next week for the Arizona Cardinals and you make an exception for them and then you have chaos and you open up Pandora's box. But Mike, hold on, hold on, Mike. I'm not suggesting that either. I'm not saying they should have let a quarterback play, play the game on Tuesday. Now you, they didn't know that Ravens, yeah. uh, Ravens Steelers was going to get postponed again. The NFL benefits greatly by having an extra game on, on Tuesday night. And on top of that, of the three other quarterbacks, one of them will be cleared. I would yeah. take those odds and the right. NFL should take those odds. And that's why I'm upset. I don't look the Broncos weren't going to beat the Saints anyway. That's not the issue. The issue is why make a mockery of your sport on Sunday and just bury it. And I'll guarantee you the league told CBS and Fox to barely cover this story because I'm telling you COVID stuff. They did 20 minutes on the Ravens and three minutes on the Broncos. Is that right? It was there. There is a prejudice. And my argument has been, is they only care about good teams. And you know what? I usually accuse the NBA about that. I usually say that if Minnesota's playing New Orleans and, you know, neither team's got anybody going, I'm just making up names, you know, they don't care as long as Lakers Celtics gets national TV. Well, they did the same thing. They're like, well, the Broncos aren't going to beat them anyway, so tough notes. Yeah, and it, it it does remain to be seen what would happen if the same situation happened with Mahomes and the Chiefs. A lot of people brought up. To that, though, I'll add this in the NFL's defense. Um, go back, what is it, four or five years with Tom Brady and Deflategate. I think most people thought that was a, uh, a an incredibly harsh punishment. And, and that had more to do with the cover-up than the crime also. Uh, but the punishment uh, for taking a little air out of the footballs um, 
when Brady, when they pumped him back up and Brady tore up Indianapolis in the second half more than he did the first half to show how insignificant the crime was. Um, the NFL has done this before. They, they sometimes uh, lay the hammer down on their people who violate their rule book, even if it doesn't seem like a major offense. And this did not, there was some subjectivity here in how much these guys were outside the protocols. But they stayed true to, uh, you know, if, if you violate these rules, you cannot play. And their rule was because they were considered high risk close contact, and that's where the subjectivity comes in. They had to quarantine for five days, no if and buts about it. It was a five day quarantine and therefore uh, they couldn't play. And now as far as moving the game, again, for health reasons, had um, Deontay Spencer was also positive, but he got it from outside the building, but had a receiver uh, the next day tested positive, had a tackle the next day tested positive. Now you got an outbreak the and they would have moved the game. Oh my God. They would have moved the game. But because it was contained to one room, they just kicked out the guys in the room and let everyone else play. Oh, by the way, uh, it's a farce. But the NFL got this game off on time. It's sponsors, advertisers. Uh, they, they collected all the checks from them. Uh, they have a new, and I think this is also part of the motivation too, as, as you know, and probably suspect, ESPN deals up after 2021. Yep. The other three networks are up after 2022. They do not want it, these networks to show a loss in 2020. And so by hook or crook, they want all 256 regular season games to be played, all 13 playoff games to be played, and they want these networks to wind up with at least even money uh, at the end of this year. And uh, uh, I'm not denying that's not a factor. Uh, it's madness. And I know you got to run. So I just wanted to show you this just to make you smile. Cause okay. like I said, I was a young pup when I was living in, in Denver, Colorado. This is after the Denver Broncos won the beat the Steelers in the AFC championship game in wow. 1997 to make the Super Bowl in 1998. And that's them coming off the plane. And this was in the Rocky mountain news and wow. sent me this picture. And that's that's twenty three year old me. And you look like Steve Bartman. Yeah, exactly. With the headphones, <laughs> and those aren't my headphones. That was what and the glasses. The, yeah, the radio station sent me. But oh my god, and I had and I. Al, Elway I looks. Out you were coming on. You, you haven't changed a bit, Seth. Uh, uh, Elway looks like uh, you know that looks like a different guy there. Well, uh, and, for, and I wanted to know, like, did John Elway do something to them? Because they're picking on the Broncos this whole pandemic. And it's so, you strange. know, I've told, I've told Elway this, you know, you live this, uh, um, this, uh, you know, the golden goose uh, life in football, you know, you're the greatest. Everyone's told you how great you are since high school. You're, you're all that. It's you go to Stanford, you know, for crying out loud. Uh, you're the number one pick, the greatest, a uh, uh, quarterback prospect, maybe ever coming out of college. Um, you wind up with the Broncos. You're, you're a, you have a Hall of Fame career. You have the drive. You go to five Super Bowls. You win your last two. I mean, you know, you're 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 John John Wayne riding off in the sunset, and uh, uh, with the two Super Bowls, and then without really knowing what you're doing as a GM. You win five AFC West titles in five years. You go to two Super Bowls. The first year, you go as the Showtime Lakers. You just, you know, you're scoring 140 points a game. The second time, you go as the Bad Boy Pistons. You're all about defense, and you win it with Vaughn Miller uh, against Cam Newton. And it, it's just all been uh, every. It's been a magical touch. And I think I've told you. I think the football gods are coming back at you, John. It's yeah. And uh, it's you know. To start this year, Cortland Sutton, Vaughn Miller, they don't play. They don't. They, they get hurt the first week of practice yeah. and are lost for the year, basically. Um, it's 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 been one of those years so for the Denver Broncos, and it, it and yesterday was the worst. It was unforeseen circumstances that occurred. Yeah. That was really bad luck. I mean, it, extremely it so bad luck. And no yeah. offense to Kendall Hinton in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, this is not against him, 
by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is, is it's just it, it's wrong. I know you got to run. Thank you so yep. much for doing this. Talk a lot of a lot of fun. Anytime, Seth. Yep, you got it. That's a All right. great Mike Kliss. Our thanks to Mike Kliss for joining us from Denver, the scene of the crime, as we were to say. Uh, now let's take a look at this story from a different perspective and welcome in the head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, you're taking games off the books, you're taking putting back games back on. I do want to look back at Week 12 because when this podcast is out, Week 12 is not even finished. Uh, the Ravens and Steelers are still supposed to play, and I love that they're playing right around the same time as this podcast comes out. Uh, simply because of the Rockefeller Center tree lighting, you couldn't ask Dolly Parton to go on Thursday. Is it putting her out? I I, I don't understand. Uh, but what a cuckoo week! And this has been a strange one from that game, but also the Denver New Orleans game, don't you think? It's it's bizarre. It's it's keeping us on our toes. Uh, made for a quieter Thanksgiving, which was quite nice at the Morrow household. We were able to tuck into turkey a little bit earlier than usual. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's bizarre. Tuesday, three forty in the afternoon. Uh, that's fine. We'll have the odds. Uh, Steelers now a ten point favorite in that game. Uh, and when they, when they originally were supposed to play this, uh, however many iterations ago that was, whether it was Sunday. Or Thursday, uh, I think a healthy Ravens team was only two and a half point underdogs at the Steelers, but that jumped up to four when it got moved with COVID positive tests. And it's now all the way up to 10 with Lamar Jackson not able to play. And uh, gosh, who knows what Baltimore is going to be bringing on the other side of the ball. It is a nightmare for us to try and handicap, nightmare for us, nightmare for our players to try and navigate this as well. And then uh, just to schedule people to be watching this stuff on a Tuesday afternoon, we're usually doing our our post-mortem on the week, what worked, what went wrong, uh, and, you know, what to sort out going forward. But 3.40 in the afternoon on a Tuesday is going to have our priorities in a different direction. No, and, and I understand that. Uh, 3.40 on Wednesday, to be exact. Wednesday, even worse. <laughs> See, even I don't better. even know what days these games are. And, not great. And, and that tree lighting just, that ticked me off. I, I could not believe that one. The one I thought was more egregious, though, was New Orleans-Denver. Uh, they were positive, one positive case with a quarterback, and the Broncos decided to tell the truth, and they went out and told everybody that there was a, a conference room, and they all were in quarantine because of contact tracing. And you know what? You want to say that they weren't wearing masks and they should be fined or suspended? I'm fine with that. But you've been delaying games. You delayed the Titans game. You delayed the Patriots game. There's all kinds of games that have been delayed. And the Denver Broncos got screwed a month ago when, quite frankly, they lost their bye week because of some other team and COVID. And what I'm saying is I'm not excusing the Broncos, but to put them on the field against one of the best teams in the NFC without a quarterback is like telling a hockey team to play without a goalie, telling a baseball team to play without a pitcher. It's, it, it, it makes a mockery of your very competition. I was shocked and appalled at the NFL. You delay that game. You play it on Tuesday night. You play it on Monday night, whatever. Uh, at the, you know, on, on the Tuesday after week 12 was supposed to have ended, two of the three quarterbacks were already medically cleared. You could have played the game, and it just had the integrity of your game intact. So I'll ask you, what did you guys do when – all the quarterbacks got taken off, but the game didn't get delayed. Uh, yeah, so that that's... We've talked about the COVID advantage play before, and for players that are betting on this breaking news, uh, it's it's big for them. Uh, the over-under plummeted because one team didn't play with a quarterback or a practice squad quarterback. There was some lobbying, I think, that one of the offensive coaches actually uh, sued up instead, and given the box score, that might have been the stronger move. But we saw that line uh, jump way past 10 all the way up to... 16 and a half uh 17 is where we actually closed it with an over under of uh about 37 i think we closed as well so i mean that's when you have such high correlation between point spread and football you're, you're really talking about there's one put together football team out there and the other is just slapped together so i mean it was a great advantage play for the players that didn't have that game move on them to jump on the saints early spreads and uh to uh double down on those unders as well but I mean, what a, what a horrible position for the Broncos to be in. And it's not just that game. It affects uh, division futures. It affects uh, expectations for other odds down the road. A big advantage for the Saints, who got a much easier win. Playing on the road at Denver, regardless of 
how good that team is, if they are at least a functional put-together team, that's always a very difficult road game for any team, especially in December at that altitude. But the Saints could kind of just figure it out. And if Hinton doesn't fumble that at halftime, I mean, they're at midfield at 7 nothing. Uh, you know, they don't have to make as many mistakes they do in the second half throwing the ball. It's kind of like Tebow with okay. Denver. Uh, if they can yeah, keep but, uh, it close, they okay, were in the go game. Go one step further, though. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but sure. let's go one step further. If you delay that game to Monday or Tuesday and you're able to have a functional quarterback, the Saints probably still win anyway. I was taken aback, and I live in the U.S., and I saw the pregame shows. They buried this Broncos Saints story. I think the NFL told the networks to shut up about it. And this game was – they were trying to hide it as much as they could. And I know a huge chunk of the country saw it on uh, – I believe it was C on, on Fox. But the other game was Tampa – you know, um, Tam uh, who, who was Tampa playing? Kansas City. Kansas City. Oh, sorry. The other game was Tampa, Kansas City, and they were trying to highlight it. And then on the NBC, the, the football night in America, they were you know, given these stupid excuses. You play the game on Monday and Tuesday and let them have a quarterback. You want to find them and suspend them? You want them not to get paid for the week? I'm fine with throwing the book at them. But you made a mockery of your competition. You had a kid who's not even a quarterback go in there, and he, tr he tried his best. He had the time of his life. But that's that's Pop Warner stuff. You don't do that in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they might as well just pick the fan out of the stands at that point. Uh, the only thing the NFL could have done worse is uh, force the Broncos to suit up Carson Wentz, I think, under center. But that was uh, that, it was, no, it was tough to watch. Uh, that, that kid had no hope. Uh, I mean, I saw him trying to jump past just because he couldn't see over his own offensive line. I mean, the NFL certainly set the Broncos up to fail. And you're absolutely right. It wasn't a big enough of a story because there's too much money in in place here to try and make it look like this is all functioning and this is all working and that all this covid testing is working and even though we only announce positives on mondays it's all fine we're told it's fine because we got to get through the other end of this and boy does you know it, it's one thing with professional athletes and we'll talk about it a little bit more with college when we segue there but it's 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 weird it does feel like an asterisky kind of season more so than mlb even did at least mlb we saw the top teams there you know, with a 16 game, you know, expanded playoffs, uh, whoever gets there in the end, hopefully it's two great teams again, but goodness knows when we get there and when the Super Bowl and everything else can be played because it seems like it's only going to get worse. It, it's only the first week of December. Uh, we're going to have more COVID positives. We're going to have a disjointed playoffs more than likely than not. I don't know how we remedy this. And as odds makers, it's just brutal trying to keep up with all of this on top of actually who's good and who's supposed to win these games when everything is healthy and normal. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's absolutely bonkers. I mean, there, there's no other way to, to say it. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, the strange part about it, um, as we look towards this week, is they had to shuffle some of the games around uh, just to, to, to be safe. So let's look ahead to week 13 and try to take out, you know, what we can out of this because the playoff race is getting even in more interesting, including an incredible matchup in Tennessee, the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans, two eight and threes going at each other. Yeah, Tennessee Titans, uh, I, I've been a big fan of them since last season, and it's great to see that they're not just a team that ran hot, so to speak, that they're actually putting together a level of consistency. I think uh, Mike Vrabel's uh, fastly becoming one of my favorite head coaches in the league, uh, really smart in that Belichickian kind of way that never really worked out with any of his other assistants. But, uh, you know, knowledge of the game, knowledge of the rule book, uh, hey, if we're going to just run, run, run this week, that's what we're going to do. If we're going to open up and pass a little bit, uh, they are thoughtful, they are creative, and they're a very talented team. And I think they showed that against the Colts. They are minus six, so six-point favorites at home against the Cleveland Browns in that uh, Sunday matchup. And currently about 60% of all bets are on the Titans there. Browns looking okay. We'd still like to see them put a little bit more consistency. They've had some luck with weak uh, opponents. Don't need to mention the Eagles again, but boy, that... Uh, it's hard to pick uh, you know the worst eagles performance but boy like do they throw themselves out of a lot of games um but yeah it should be a good one uh titans like i said six point favorites getting slightly more action than the browns and the ravens assuming they actually play the steelers will then play the dallas cowboys and that game has been moved to tuesday uh, I would imagine you can't put a line on that one yet. Also, the 49ers are taking on the Buffalo Bills in Arizona. 
of all places. Is there a line on that? Uh, yes, we, you're right on the first one. We do not have a line on the Dallas-Baltimore game just because we, we barely know what uh, kind of team Baltimore is going to bring into Pittsburgh on Wednesday. And uh, it's important to note Wednesday because I got that wrong earlier. Uh, looking at Bills at 49ers, though, compelling matchup, not just for the venue change, uh, but the 49ers, really, really impressive what they are doing given the injuries they've had to deal with. Uh, fantastic coaching uh, job this year, protecting and emphasizing where their strengths lie and where they remain. Uh, 49ers only two and a half point underdogs at home. So just below that key number of three against the Bills. Uh, Bills have obviously looked very good. Cream uh, rising to the top in that AFC East. Uh, they're getting about 60% of the betting handle so far is on the Buffalo Bills in that game at Bovada. And State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona is going to be acting like the Meadowlands. You know how they switch the field from uh, Niners to uh, you know, switch the field from Giants to Jets. Well, the State Farm Stadium is going to have to switch on Sunday. The Cardinals host the L.A. Rams uh, in a, a pivotal game. That's a that's a close one too, and that line can't be too big before they get the field ready for the Niners. Yeah, L.A. Rams are currently uh, three point favorites uh, over the Cardinals at Bovada. And uh, really important uh, late season matchup in what continues to be a very strong NFC West with all teams competitive. Uh, yeah, big one here is an understatement. Uh, the Cardinals come in with a lot of power on offense. The Rams defense has looked so good this year. Uh, it was really their offense that got them into trouble uh, in that 49ers game last weekend. Uh, so important, meaningful impact. This is the first of two between the two and uh, could set the pace for who will have the tiebreaker uh, in the postseason stretch. So uh, really important. Currently 55% of all bets on the LA Rams at Bavada in that four o'clock Eastern slot on Sunday. Meanwhile, Energy Stadium, Houston, Texas, the Texans coming in at four and seven, and they, they've had a disappointing season, but uh, they take on an Indianapolis team that needs victories to stay, to keep pace in that, in that AFC wildcard hunt. Yeah, the Colts uh, absolutely uh, beaten down by the Titans last Sunday, but, uh, you know, still very much in the hunt, but they got to get this one, and they're taking on a Texans team that has looked a little bit better of late, although uh, Thanksgiving with... Uh, the Detroit Lions, uh, usually the opponent looks pretty good in that spot. Uh, and, you know, this Texans team under Romeo Cornell, they've won three of the last four. Uh, offense is looking really, really good. Uh, so the Colts only three-point road favorites in this one. Actually, our biggest decision of the Sunday slate so far with about 80% of the money at Bovada on the Indianapolis Colts. The head outs maker at Bovada is Patrick Morrow. Patrick, as always. Now let's continue with the show and welcome in to talk about the NFL. Is it spiraling out of control like some people in the media say? John Kincaid from CBS Sports Radio it joins us next here on Sports with Friends. Uh, he's one of my favorite people that I know. Uh, he is the great John Kincaid. But John Kincaid, I've known, can argue with me like the oh, yeah. best of them. And we Seth. do that on a lot of different shows, so I'm looking forward to that. John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Seth, I, I'm going to tell you something about me you don't know. Tell me. My, that uh, I have worked for one politician in my lifetime. Really? And that is, and that is Ed Rendell, former mm -hmm. chair of the Democratic National Committee. And so I take, a, I take offense at being deemed, I am a conservative. I am not a Republican. There, I do not I know that. Okay, thank you for clarifying. That's cool. Ed, Mayor Ed Rendell and then Governor Ed Rendell. Yep. Um, I was. I, uh, met him. I was. I was a supporter of Ed, big time. You know, I don't know if you know he does the Eagles post game shows. Yes, I know. Yeah. On television. So I mean, he's a huge sports fan. I got to know him through that, and uh, I worked for You're his not, campaigns multiple times. Okay, he is so a let me tremendous, redo the intro. Yes. Yeah, let me redo the intro. How about this? Two time Bill Clinton voter. Wow, look at See? you. See? Wow. I, 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 vote, I, I vote candidate in issues, and honestly, I'm going to be selfish. I vote my wallet. I, and so I understand. I and we're, not, we're not having that conversation today. now, but we will have it uh, another, another day and another place. Um, okay. The NFL uh, announced that Ravens-Steelers postponed again. 
And I want to get Correct. your objective take because we just had Mike Kliss, the uh, great Denver sure. Broncos reporter, uh, on. But the Denver Broncos, despite not having three quarterbacks, four, four quarterbacks, couldn't get their game postponed. Doesn't the NFL want these games during the week? Because more eyeballs would have seen Saints Broncos if they played it tonight or tomorrow night. And you would have had one of those four guys cleared as opposed to bury it and embarrass yourself and make a mockery of your competition. Okay. You make great points. And, and it honestly is there, there are great points about the eyeballs, especially, but what I'm going to suggest to you is this, the Baltimore Ravens situation is different because the Baltimore Ravens didn't violate protocols in their own building. Like the Denver Broncos did the Denver Broncos are the only team in this entire mess that has gone on when Pete, when teams have had problems that within their own facility disregarded NFL rules and protocols that were agreed to by all 32 franchises. So the Denver Broncos aren't in the same situation. They made their own bed. They created it in their own quarterback room. Whereas the other teams, Titans and Ravens, it's not violations of protocols in their own building. So I I think they're not the same. No, I'm not. And I'm not saying that, and nor am I absolving the Broncos of responsibility and if you want to find all four quarterbacks and you want to suspend two and two, sure, sure, sure. I, I'm fine with it. I, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I'm not excusing what took place, but the way I'm proposing it gets more eyeballs on the saints, which is a, which is an immediate Good draw. Thing. And what you do is you, you say, Boy, the Denver Broncos screwed up, and they're gonna have they're gonna have losses upon losses. They're not a good team, and you can highlight what they did wrong. The thing is, but, though, the four twenty five game yesterday on Fox, it went to a very large map of the country where people saw the Denver Broncos and the Saints. I mean, it went to Tampa a large. Bay was playing, but Tom Brady's on the other channel. I I, I got you, I got you, but I, I, I don't just, think that I, they I, wanted by, to have. I get you. I mean, I know what you're saying, and it makes it does make logical sense. It really does. It does make logical sense. I just think that with the Broncos, I do believe there was some uh, pound of flesh uh, penalty. They wanted to. They wanted to punish them, and I think that. And guess what? I I sort of agree with that too. What kind of morons? First of all, put all their quarterbacks in the same quarterback room. By the way, every team in the NFC has a, has a guy sitting in a, in a hotel room. Correct. Every away team from the team. Every team in the NFC East separates out their quarterbacks in the quarterback rooms, and we see how bad the NFC East is. It's probably the only thing they're leading in is maybe logic when it comes to this. That's about it. Because <laughs> they're terrible. But I will. Be, but I will still be rooting tonight. I will be yeah. in radio again soon. I'm sure. Other than Eagles, just the network. Eagles show. Seahawks, huh? Eagles Seahawks. Yes. Um, and the Eagles can get first place with a victory. Yes. But, but. <laughs> no. Well, the, the, the one thing is, is can the Eagles get their offense together? Because that Seattle defense is pretty putrid. It is. Here's the problem is, is that Seattle and the Eagles, Seattle's just had the Eagles number. And whether it was the Chip Kelly era, whether it's the da- Doug Peterson era, um, they average, the Eagles averaged 15 points against the Seahawks in like, I think the last eight games. So it's been a trend that's a problem. But it wouldn't shock me at all when everybody counts the Eagles out as dead like they've done the last two years that they come back and get out of the grave. I don't want it, though. I don't know if this makes me a bad fan, but I want a house cleaning, and I want the better draft pick because this team is terrible whether they win this lousy division or not. So to me, get me a top five draft pick, top six draft pick, and we can get on with cleaning up this mess. By the way, don't let Howie Roseman make the picks. Don't let him set the house on fire and then be the guy you're counting on to have the hose. I don't want it. I want a house cleaning. I have a, a, a great uh, Howie Roseman story. What's that? I think he I brought book- me a Super Bowl, so I sound ungrateful. But I, I, I think I book checked him. Really? And that he went, he was a sophomore when I was a senior. Okay. At the same high school. Yeah. Really? And he was friendly with my sister. And I didn't know, not, not that kind of friendly. Not really. He was friendly with that. He wasn't handsy with your sister. No, no, no. He wasn't, he wasn't with my, like. Just want to get that straight. They were buddies. They were, they they were in the same circles. Okay. And 
I have re- I've tried and actually another kid that I went to high school with is in their front office, Jake Rosenberg. And I want to do a podcast with both of them and apologize if I book check them because you know that would be something I would be guilty of. That could be something. Now you see, you went to high school with those guys. I went to high school with all three of the people that went to federal prison for fixing the NBA games. <laughs> so it just shows to show you, you more white bread, upper crust, <laughs> me more working class, grinding suburban Philadelphia, <laughs> where the mob. Uh, the mob, you know, tries to fix the NBA games. I or just so they saw, I just saw, since you brought up Philadelphia and you're wearing an Eagles shirt, I just saw yes. it like over the weekend, uh, last season's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's two-part Super Bowl episode. You loved it? Holy crap, that is so funny. When they do the, when they leave Charlie and they leave Charlie in the bar so he can't get there, but he has to put his costume on or else they won't win. And they play it into the game. And then the rest of the gang goes to the game and they're in a suite and D gets pink eye. And it's one of the funniest things in the world. And it was, but it was like that movie, uh, fever pitch when yes, Jimmy yes, Fallon yes, and yes. Drew Barrymore have the, and they, uh, the guy's a diehard Red Sox fan. And it just so happens that he's a Red Sox fan and, 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 and they won the world series. So they like, they worked it into the movie. They did this show around the Super Bowl victory and I just saw it. So I feel like the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year when I know that I'm a season behind. Oh, it's been, no, oh, it's been, uh, you know, it feels like it's been five years, but I promised and I've kept my promise. I'm not the crazy Eagles fan. I was before they won the Super Bowl. It almost ruined me. Like now they lose. I turn off the TV and say, we'll get them next week. Whereas uh, before it would sit with me and I'd get pissed and everything. I just don't, now I don't even get the same level of anger up as a fan. I wonder if it ruined me, but I swore that day. I went to church the day before in Vegas. I was across, at the Bellagio watching the game and I went to, went to mass the Saturday night before and I signed the guest book and I signed every single dead relative of mine that was an Eagles fan. And I asked for their intercession and I swore I would never ask for anything again as a sports fan. If they won that game, I'd never ask again. And I have not asked since. And it still feels good, despite the crap I have to sit through right now. It it does feel pretty good just to have one after so, so long. Do me a favor, uh, because it'll look better. Just flip your phone so it's a landscape. Oh, flip it that way. Did I make a mistake on that? There you Is go. that better? Now, you look there you much, go. now we see like, yeah. There we go. Much better. Now I can look my, okay. Right, thank and you. I, and I, That's I, my I mistake. I showed this to Mike Kliss, but I'll make you laugh. Uh, so this is the night the wow. Denver Broncos uh, defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1997-98 AFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. That's at the airport where they got off the plane. They had like a rally for, for Really? Denver. I am 23 three in that picture 24 24 i thought you were c3po looking <laughs> at that picture those headphones and this picture was in the now defunct rocky mountain news oh okay and we got that i saw the picture in the paper and i was like oh my god and there was a guy that that's nice that. though john elway i i i would argue that i believe john elway is as good a quarterback as i've ever seen well my to john me, elway he's, story he's unbelievable my dumb John Elway story is the, the year they won the Super Bowl, they, they, were, they played the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Okay. And you know the guy because you do stuff with CBS. You know Lee Frank. The, Absolutely. The correspondent. Absolutely. Sure. And Lee Frank got assigned to cover the Oklahoma City bombing trial. Timothy McVeigh. Sure. Because it got relocated to Denver. And I had to take care of his sports. That was the, uh, the, the, the drill. And so the Broncos are taking on the, the Raiders and Westwood one did, does the Monday right. night football, just like they're yes. going to do tonight. And I, I was told this is again, this is 1997 that I was told that what you do is you bring two tapes because you have to mail a tape to Westwood one in New York for the use of the broadcast. There's no feeding of audio whatsoever. And I, they said, have a tape for your radio station and have a tape for Westwood One. And I had a windbreaker because it was like fall. Okay. And they're playing, they're, they're practicing. And my Westwood One tape with all my interviews on it fell out of my jacket. And the only person that saw that was John Elway. 
So wow. practice goes on, and it's a walkthrough at the Broncos headquarters where they still practice today. And now John Elway is going to meet the media, and I need that. So I go up to the podium, and it was outside because it was nice enough. And you could see, like, a, a ray of sunshine focusing. Like, he was like an angel. And out of nowhere, you know the, the pockets that quarterbacks get on their jerseys? Yes. He put the tape in his pocket. And before the press conference starts, he pulls it out. And like from the hand of God, he goes, here, kid, you dropped this. Wow. He even got and a kid. Did he, did I, he muss up your hair, too? I was 24. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so back then, when the Broncos then won the Super Bowl, I said it was karma because he saved my baby. There we that, go. That's my John Elway story. That is a good story. It's a pretty good. That is, good, pretty that good. is a good John Elway story. That is good because uh, he, 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 to me, is I've always thought of him as maybe the best quarterback I've ever seen. And really, people in always Better than Marino, huh? Yes. Yes. He's somebody that, uh, I, and a lot of people scoff at me about that, but just to me, whenever I think of the scrappy guy who wasn't given every tool to succeed with his rosters, I always think of John Elway. And boy, has he been, you know, he was tremendous. Now, how he cannot figure out a quarterback position in the NFL, except when he calls Peyton Manning and asks him to come, I don't understand. I really don't understand that at all. I would think that that's what you would, that you would know. Like if, if a program director said to me, listen to these young broadcasters and tell me which one to hire. I would think I've done this long enough. This is the right. guy you want to hire. I'd know. Elway right. can't, he can't pick his nose when it comes to a quarterback. I don't understand Weird. it. It's very strange, and, and he, you'd think he would know, and it's very odd. And he got bailed out because Peyton Manning wanted to come there. Sure, absolutely. And, and, and that you know changes his legacy. And I was never in favor of John Elway getting the GM job because you know it's going to end at some point, and it's not going to end. You don't want that to happen, yeah. Right. You don't want I it to it. happen. But, I get it, I get it. You're a uh, sentimentalist. They just announced, they just announced yeah. a couple of minutes ago um, that the Ravens-Steelers game will now kick off Wednesday. 3.40 Eastern time on Wednesday. Yes, on Wednesday after General Hospital. But so they why made sure that it was after why, yeah. why 3.40? Why don't you play it at 6.40? Because they want them to be able to travel to make sure they get home and get travel and get a night's sleep in their own beds. I had heard that explanation earlier on SportsCenter. Then play it at five going. at least. Oh, my God, no. They're just saying get them home. Like they're saying get them home and, and do that. It's you Baltimore, know, it, Pittsburgh. How? What, what? What are they going by horse and buggy? What? <laughs> what? I, I'll tell sense. you. I and and believe me, it's in such lockdown. I mean, there's nothing else to do but to watch this game. I don't. Uh, you know, I've seen both sides of the pandemic in the past month. I've been back and forth between Atlanta and Philly. It's like I'm. It's like I'm going back in time. You know, every time I travel. But uh, I'm. I'm glad to see them getting the game in. And uh, I don't know what it means for future games, though, because Baltimore was supposed to play Thursday night against Dallas. So I don't know how they're doing that. Uh, I don't know how this whole thing's going to work out, what they're going to come up with. Um, the argument from this standpoint, you know, the, then you get your ignorant media person, not you, not, not, not you. Oh, no, you haven't heard my answer yet. I could be. No, no. I, 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 I mean, I know what I know what you're going to say. Trust me. There was a thought process when I said I was going to. have. Oh, you. OK, good. Okay, I know good. we'll argue about something, but I, I, it just ha it hasn't happened yet. Um, the ignorant media person that doesn't follow this on a day to day basis literally has tweeted today. The NFL is spiraling out of control. Do you believe that, A, and do you think there's anything that could happen that could prohibit the NFL from being able to complete this hodgepodge season? I do not believe that there's anything that's going to keep them from complete, completing the season. But after 2020, I refuse to say that there's nothing that could happen because we've seen craziness. But I think what you're seeing is the people spiraling out of control. I've answered a few of them on Twitter in the last 24 hours. How many games have been canceled? Zero. 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 Correct. We're tomorrow is what day? December first. Shoehorning. They're shoehorning these games in. This is Buster only on zero percent chance the World Series would ever happen. This is Keith Olbermann. We can talk about baseball coming back, but it's not coming back. We know that. It's the gloom and doomers 
that continually are keeping on doubling down. They're hoping something doesn't work out because they told everybody since April and May that this was reckless, this was stupid, this was something that couldn't happen. So they're begging, they're begging to find they some way they can say, we were right, see, we were right. And they've been wrong at every turn, every stinking turn, they've now, been wrong. I, I, I have less faith in college because this is one thing you and I have discussed in the college past. College kids. Yes. I was against college. I, I was against college from the start and the stupid things that I've heard from some of these Dabo Sweeney and Ed Orgeron and, uh, and Sabin and some of these yim yams that I just, I don't follow. And Jim Beheim, by the way, is just as stupid. He has said some of the stupidest things I've ever seen. And, and, and I'm a Q's guy. The, Argument. You know him and I have a him and I have a story. I can tell you that story. Oh, oh no, no. We have, we have a, a Before we get story? into my question, no. Let's let's. Beheim, uh, I was filling in for Colin Cowherd doing the herd. He used to do on ESPN Radio, yep. and um, it was the day after the NCAA tournament selection field was made, and it was one of those years that Syracuse did not make the field. Ah. <laughs> so I was on the air going. Syracuse doesn't deserve to be in unless we're just making this a beauty pageant based on reputation because they didn't deserve it. Beheim knew the hotline number at ESPN Radio. He calls the hotline and said, who is this idiot that they have in for Colin oh, today? No way. And asked to be put on the air. And him and I proceed to get into a tete-a-tete that I, that I absolutely believe, my scorecard, I won. He was furious. Good so the you. next show was Scott Van Pelt's show. And Doug Gottlieb was filling in for Scott. He booked himself on Scott Van Pelt with Gottlieb to try to find a more favorable audience after <laughs> me. So that summer, we're checking in down at Disney at the Grand Floridian. Who's checking Just with the in? Family? Next? Just the family, yes, not a work. With assignment. family during the summer. Okay. Who checks in next to me? Jim Beheim. Nice. And I go nice. over and introduce myself. I said, Coach, by the way, I'm that idiot who was filling in for Colin that day. He couldn't, he couldn't. He couldn't hightail away from me fast enough. And for the rest of the week, we passed constantly. Hey, coach. What's up, coach? Oh, that's awesome. How you doing, coach? That's, yeah, that's fine. fantastic. That's fine. Guess what? He has every right to call me an idiot if he wants. I, we disagree, but it was, I don't think he was being nasty. Let's put but it that He's way. been surprising. He, he went on Sirius XM over the summer and said he doesn't understand why there was hesitation. This was before the Pac-12 and the, uh, the Big right. Ten. And he goes, I don't understand this. He goes, young, he, this is a quote from him. Young people don't die from this. Well, that's, that, that's the dumb part. But the problem is there was the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were wrong. And we can see they didn't trust the foremost experts at Duke, the foremost experts that advised the NFL, the NBA, and otherwise. They decided to ignore their medicine who said that it was okay to play college football and okay to play NFL football. They ignored that and said, no, we're smarter than the room. We're going to delay. No, we'll play I, it in the spring. I, okay. I, I, I saw the Duke guy, and he, the Duke guy comes out and says, well, anytime you stepped on a field, there's, there's a, a, a modicum of risk. Yeah. There's yeah, more not risk. Not of a pandemic. Playing, Seth, there's more risk playing football of, of, of something happening to a young man. There's more risk playing football. Kid gets paralyzed. Kid does a lifelong injury breaks his neck there's more than that by the way we've seen you don't know that you don't know the lasting effects but you don't know do about know. the heart thing the the guy yeah. from michigan who came out and said that the uh the which uh, was debunked no 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 what was debunked was it wasn't 30 percent like he originally said Correct. but it was 10 to 15 percent and, and why was he saying 30 because he was i don't trust him he was running at the mouth he thought people wouldn't check him they checked his facts and by the way every single player Every single one that has been missing from ACC, SEC, Big 12, the three that went, that sat out because of all back. Every one of them back, available to play. Every one of them. The, the, they, they, had, they had the foremost experts telling them it was safe, take these protocols, spend the money, do all the things. And yes, with college kids, Seth, we both know they're going to go to keggers. They're going to, do they have keggers anymore? They're going to go to keggers. They're going to go, they're going to be hanging out at the sorority house. They have they're going to do things. Keggers. They're going to do things. Yeah. They're on the, they're on virtual keggers, you know, whatever they're doing things that are stupid, but guess what is that I, I'm, I'm proud of the, of the people who, who forged ahead. I am. I'm proud of the people, but guys like Beheim saying there's no reason for caution. That's ridiculous. You got to have caution. You have to have common sense. 
You have to. And have yesterday it. and Friday, he came out after uh, Syracuse barely escaped uh, yes. Bryant. And I watched that game because I'm a I'm an alum and I'm a sucker. And they 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 and then he comes out and he says, "I made a mistake. We shouldn't have played." <laughs> and the, the the Bryant coach, and I'm so sorry, I forget the Bryant coach's name, but he ripped Bayheim and he said, "We called him five times." Offered to play it Saturday, offered to play it Sunday, yes, offered yes. to play it Monday, cancel it. We don't care. It didn't matter. And Beheim said, no, three o'clock. Get it, get it. Right. Oh, well, he's trying to remember, he's trying to dig out from all those loss uh, wins that he had to forfeit because of cheating. So he's trying to get he, every he win he can in the book. He, he, wants, the he wants the wins back. He's trying to dig out of that hole. He's like Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden. But they're gonna, they're gonna. It'll be weekend at Bernie's, and Bayheim will be propped up on a sideline well, trying to make up for those wins. And it's funny that you say that because people still bring up up there. They still bring up the probation, yeah, as the reason why they don't compete in the ACC. And my argument is that the 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 era has changed, and that when they get all their scholarships back, they will still not ever be more than the fourth best team in their conference. Whereas a, when they were in the Big East, right. they could one year they win it, one year they finish third, one year they finish fifth. It didn't matter. But the Big East should never have broken up for basketball. It was uh, ACC and Big East were crown jewels. They were spectacular. And that Big East tournament every year was as much must-see TV as anything on the sports calendar. And they ruined it all. And Villanova did. They ruined it all. I mean, it all, it all got ruined. I mean, it, it absolutely it has. It, it, it just stinks. Um, the NBA and the NHL both say that they have plans. The NBA yes. has gone even further. Well, December 22nd, it starts, right? It starts, right. Now, the questions that get asked and the reasons why I, I have found this, and tell me if you disagree, is they can – I don't think enough teams can fiscally handle not having some people in these buildings. And – while I think that the world is not coming to an end and the vaccine is on its way, it's going to be a process that will impact next fall, not the current state of sports, and especially in the hockey, less so in the NBA because of the China sure. deal and all these other deals. But it seems to me that they can't afford to do the bubbles again, even though as great as they were, they're too expensive. They need to have some semblance of people in the buildings and they all have deadlines because hockey there, you know, the NHL's on NBC and NBC has the Olympics in July. So you've got to be done before July or you're right. not getting on TV and the NBA, the players want to play in the Olympics. So the idea that both those sports are starting and all I'm thinking is they're not the NFL. We've seen how the NHL and NBA handled this. They're doing it smart. They're doing it. You know, we're seeing spikes all over the place. The place is a mess. Do you think that the, the starting points, New Year's Day for hockey, December 22nd for basketball, do you think they are anything other than optimistic plans? I think they're starting. I just don't know what kind of disruption it's going to be. I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw in baseball, where the Marlins, Cardinals, teams like that would be off for three days, off for four days, contact tracing would have them off, and then be able to get them back in. I think – I think it's going to be a very disrupted season. But again, Seth, I think it's a smart point. There's, they need people in the stands. The NHL cannot survive without some sort of revenue from tickets. The NFL can. NHL cannot. I believe NBA can, um, at least if they thought they're going to have people in the buildings by maybe March, April playoffs, which I do believe will happen. I absolutely do believe that is what is going to be the turn here. But, uh, but I think it's a, it's a good observation. There, this is all hopeful. There's going to be basketball that week before Christmas. I don't see any way that there won't. But uh, I believe right now, let's put it this way. I believe the NFL is toying with the final eight going to a bubble. I think for, that for the that, playoffs, the playoffs, yeah, the final eight teams. The so not the first round, but the, the, the third and yes. fourth round. I think they are. I think baseball really got, got people's attention. And, but the only thing is, is that for the city of Tampa, they're counting on a, a Super Bowl week. And do they try to do a bubble in Tampa 
down in Florida? Do they try to do it there? So I don't know. What's I've been to a happen. bubble in Tampa. It's a fun yeah, place. Yeah, what's it? Yeah, seriously. What's it? Mons Venus? Was that the uh, bubble you went to? <laughs> it's on uh, Dale Maple yeah, Boulevard. Exactly. You make a left. I remember. Yeah, so there you go. So, I mean, it's the, uh, just make sure you hit Burns Steakhouse first. But uh, look, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. But look, I, I'm all for trying. Bring it, bring it all out. I'm all for trying. And I just got Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers as the head coach to oh, try to deal with you're a Philly guy, right? Yeah, to try to deal with the dysfunctional Adams family that is the Sixers. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited because I've got to see this thing. If I have to go in a hazmat suit to watch that team play, I'm going to be excited to see them play. But see that, and that's the weird part is that you know, I went to Yankee Stadium. And I, I was going to go to Citizens Bank Park. I, we, it logistically, right. it wasn't COVID. It was okay. logistics. I never made it. But the, I, I went to Yankee Stadium. The Phillies and I didn't felt, either, so don't worry about I it. I felt so safe. I was yes. in the ballpark. I said, this, there's not a person for miles around me. I, I didn't understand. And I went to the Meadowlands. I went to a football game. And there were, that was ridiculously safe. And I, I mean, the teams were awful, but that's sure. neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is, and I, you know, you would talk about politics. I have got, I've lost about 800 followers because I said, wear a mask. I get called a Why? socialist. I Why? Get, I, I'm telling you, I get called a socialist if I say wear a mask. And then- Really, a socialist wearing a mask. I said, I, I and then I said I on, a, on a day, I said, you know, you could put 7,500 to 10,000 people in the Meadowlands. Yes. I said, you could do it safely. And it would change the whole atmosphere and it would be a really good thing for the folks too and the, for the teams. And I got told I was well, a conservative. I, well, said, I mean, oh, that, it doesn't get that I mean, conservative rhetoric. And I was like, well, I'd say that I look at it this way for six months, my home state of Pennsylvania has been locked down with very heavy restrictions. My state that I live in, in Georgia has not, we've been open for six months. Right. We've lost less people in those six months. So everybody with all the restrictions and no indoor dining now back to some of that and 20, all the, 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 the oh, those measures, That's, they're, not paying, yep. they're not paying off. They're not better off. They're not doing better off, excepting they say, well, the number of cases. Well, the number of cases is not, I, that, that's where it doesn't fall apart. But if you're not wearing a mask, seriously, it's when it started, I hated the mask. I'm claustrophobic. I don't like the mask. I don't like it either, I, but you do it. I'm at the, the, in the last three days, my wife and daughter have had to tell me at different times, take your mask off, dad. We're beyond, like, we're with ourselves. And I'm like, oh, I forgot I had it on. It becomes, it became second nature. I got over it in like two weeks. And guess what? That's just to me, it's, and I've flown 12 times, I think. I've flown on 12 flights since this has all begun. And it's never been safer or cleaner to be on a plane. A plane is, they are disinfecting everything. You feel like you're in the movie uh, Outbreak. I'm waiting to see the monkey walk down the aisle to go to the bathroom. I mean, they've got it so clean, disinfected. I've never felt safer on a plane as far as germs in my life than right, right now. I, I, I want to wrap with this. This is a- Yes, a, you're going to wrap? Great note, a great note. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, great note. Oh my God. Yes. Raven Steelers is kicking off at 340. I'm sorry, John, not because of travel. Because NBC is committed to broadcasting the 88th Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting ceremony on Wednesday night. Really? Well, also Days of Our Lives. So they didn't. They probably wanted it after Days of Our Lives. And well, when you said sure that, when you said that, it reminded me of something when I was a kid. Um, when 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 I when I uh, when I was a kid, I used okay. to love when the the soap opera stars would say that they were preempted for the baseball playoffs. Yes. I would remember that. I would remember, remember that. that. They'd go, join us on Thursday. And, and now I don't have cable. So I'm, you know, everything's an app oh. for me. So I don't, I don't know what channel wow. anything's on because it's on my app. And I play, I, I play the app. You're if just so Hulu, I see it on Hulu. So I, I don't know what. I, okay. Yeah, what's so the story? Hip. What's the story behind you though, before we leave over your shoulder? The, 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 is that a, is that a piece of, is that parchment? Is that window? Is that blinds? Or These is it a, is that, okay, that's a shade. Okay, that's I didn't know what, oh, okay, now I know. But okay, it's X, a shade. I was very, the, um, I love the, the pattern to me is very riveting. Oh, it's hypnotic, right? 
It is. Yeah. It's like it's very riveting. I keep looking at it, going. Look, Sports I like Illustrated it. thought that was a Sports Illustrated wanted me to block that because they Why? thought that was a religious symbol. What? It's Prince. Oh my gosh! I love it. It's beautiful. I know. It's beautiful. I like it. Tree so. lighting. Tree lighting ceremony. John, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, they can follow me at John Kincaid. And uh, I'm planning on, uh, and on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, I'm terrible at Kincaid Radio. My daughter says my Instagram sucks. So okay. don't follow at Kincaid Radio because she says don't, it sucks. I won't She's 16. It. She knows better. She knows better. She does. That's a warning I to you. That. And I, and I, say, I would say- She's breaking, as old as I was when I book checked Harry Roseman. I would say break, breaking news on the local radio front potentially in the next week or so. I can't wait. I'm not going to be on the food lines. Will you give me a Maybe. hint? Maybe. I will. I a, hint? Uh, uh, a hint? No, no, not on the show. Not on the show. I'll, yeah, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Okay, I want a hint. Okay. All right. Because I'll be up at night. I'll be wondering. Absolutely. You'll be worried about it. Love you, Seth. I'll see you, John. See you, baby. That is Bye-bye. the great John Kincaid right here on Sports with Friends. Great show today. Mike Kliss, Patrick Morrow, John Kincaid. I think we've covered the NFL and COVID. I just hope they get it under control I want the world to get it under control. I want the country to get it under control. Heck, I'll settle for New Jersey getting it under control. This is getting out of hand. I want football to be football, and I don't want it to be about schedules and reschedules, and it's going to get harder and harder to not have a cancellation. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the subscriptions, the downloads, the ratings, the reviews. We love them. Appreciate it as always. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. Granted and smile Come on, please I'm gone Forget reaching me by phone Because I promise I'll be gone for a while When you see me again I hope that you have been The kind of person 